0: 2022 has been an extraordinary year. We've been able to achieve so many incredible things through our three legacy lanes, Skybreak Projects, NextGen and Missions. Last year, our legacy offering helped us accelerate these lanes. They bring clarity, intentionality and focus. All three lanes are unique in their mission, but are all focused on one thing, to leave a legacy. This year alone, we've had over 220 guests come through our doors. 71 people discover their purpose through Growth Track. 450 people serving on the Dream Team, 119 people get baptized, and 905 people receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. As we look back on what God has done this year, we are so grateful for the generosity of our church and the impact we've had together. We're also very excited for the vision that God has given us to move forward with some projects and initiatives to reach more people. These projects are things that we will accomplish. And the cool part is you get to determine the speed of them. We all know, and it's always been said, that buildings and parking lots don't change lives, but what goes on inside does. In 1995, we built what we know now as the Annex. Over a decade or more, we've expanded and remodeled for growth. And in 2014, we stepped out in faith and built our beautiful arena that we now worship in today. When designing the arena, we matched our current 90s design of our annex to save costs. And in an effort to update our house of worship to be more inviting and modern, we will be refacing and redesigning the front of our buildings. And I'm so excited to show you today some renderings of the new and upgraded look of our church. In 2018, we began the renovation of our Annex facility to better the spaces for our kids and our youth ministries. And nearly four years ago, we relocated our staff offices to create more rooms for our kids and our youth. I'm actually standing right now in our current staff offices for our entire staff, a very tiny space, a very cram space. And I'm excited to announce to you today that we are currently working on finishing our brand new office space right upstairs in our Annex facility. We are creating an innovative space for all of our staff, for ministry experiences, for our weekend experiences, for all of our kids and our youth ministries, and all the other planning that we do every single week and every single day as we help people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Thank you for your generosity in this Skybreak Project Lane. Our previous offices are currently being renovated for our brand new space for our youth juniors to make more room for the next generation. One of the most significant investments we can make is to train and equip young leaders to change the world for Christ. Our Next Gen Lane helps us create environments and opportunities for our kids, students, and young leaders to stand taller, see farther, and accomplish more than ever before. Every Sunday, we see an average of 50 youth juniors, and they're in need of a space of their own that can accommodate them. This room that I'm standing in right now is what that is. We need to complete and furnish this space to host these students every Sunday. In Skybreak Kids, we've had 888 individual children come and learn about God in a fun and relevant way. Skybreak Youth has had 322 different students come to a safe environment to connect, build relationships, hear the Word of God, get into a small group, and ultimately be a light in their schools and families. We've had 241 students accept Jesus into their lives this year. So many teens in our city weren't able to have a home-cooked Thanksgiving dinner with their family this year. But thanks to your generosity, we provided a full Thanksgiving dinner to over 85 teenagers at Skybreak Youth. Thank you for investing into the next generation. In 2022 alone, we've given over $65,000 to external missions. And for a full list of the missions that we support as a church, you can visit our website and go to the giving page. I want to highlight hunger relief International. Through HRI, we feed, clothe, and care for the children in our Haiti orphanage. On average, we have about 20 boys that we provide for each and every day. And just this year, Skybreak has given over 23,000 meals to these boys. We also just sent them a check to provide a special Christmas dinner and gifts for all the boys. And it's important to us that we spread the love of Jesus through each mission that we support. And God has given us more vision and more opportunities. This vision only moves forward at the speed of our generosity. And through Skybreak Projects, Next Gen, and Missions, we're building a legacy that honors the past and furthers the future. Through our past legacy offerings, we've seen God perform unbelievable miracles in the lives of so many families. And today I want to share with you a story of a family who since 2020 has participated in our legacy offerings. And God has done so many miraculous things in their life through their generosity. And this is their story. We prayed
1: very specifically when we wrote our stuff on our legacy letters. And when we prayed over it and we talked about it together and we prayed about it as a family with all four of our kids as well, we believed in making that a family thing, Um, especially since we had just blended two households that that was really one of our first big things to do as a family Mm -hmm. was give at legacy Um, but i guess the first time we gave was COVID year. it was 2020.
2: then we stepped off and made a decision to give and both of us were like that's more than i would ever think about giving i don't even know where that came from and
1: yeah uh, are you sure that's you sure that's what got laid on your heart yeah so we both I mean, it it was
2: a lot during that time.
1: And so we truly believed that what we wrote down was going to be given back to us. And it was. It was returned to us within weeks, less than 30 days. And we were blessed with tenfold what we gave Mm -hmm. the first time. I also took a new job right before that. And so we didn't know at 2021 Legacy what finances were going to look like. Part of my new job was that they had made very clear promises that at the one, three, and five year marks, I would receive significant financial gains. We couldn't have seen that in December. again, when we made our 2021. Didn't know
2: where the money was coming We were like, from.
1: Yeah, have no idea. We'll keep on stretching. It was sickening. The number we wrote down it was... for me was sickening. <laughs> when I came back with half the amount that God had laid on my heart, because I had talked myself into giving half because that was
2: comfortable. Yeah. (laughs) We're not called to be comfortable. We're not. (laughs) Sometimes giving means time. Yep. Sometimes giving means your finances. While legacy centers around the financial piece and the impact that has, giving from where you're at, wherever that is, is what matters. Because God sees it. He sees our heart. He knows where we're coming from. And whatever season you're in, I mean, our seasons are different every year. And again, we'll make a commitment at the end of 2022 for 23. And
1: i already got my number. You got your number?
2: Maybe. <laughs> um, but not knowing, I don't like the number. again, <laughs> where we're going to be. What does that look like? What does he have in store for us? Yep. Uh, we already know that there's some job changes for us happening this year.
1: It's three months in to my new job, one month after Legacy, I received a double portion. And this year was a year of double portion. And Pastor Nate preached on that multiple times throughout our season of Legacy Mm -hmm. last year. And it was amazing this year how it absolutely was.
2: Well, we all hear where two or more are gathered. And a lot of time that gets referred to in prayer. But I also think that that holds true where there is vision being cast. And if you want to be part of that vision, you have to almost accept it as your own. It's a team vision. It's not just our pastor's vision. It's a team vision uh, for the church.
1: It's also leaving a legacy for those Christians coming behind us, Mm -hmm. for those people who don't yet know Christ. And so I get to see and hear Pastor Nate or Pastor Danny talk about the vision of where we're heading as a church. Mm -hmm. It's really cool to be able to see that and to For me, I have to believe that my pastors, A, I have to have faith that when God laid on my heart that Pastor Danny and Pastor Nate were the right leaders for me, how can I not follow the men who are supposed to be my spiritual leaders? I may not always see or understand their whole vision, but the pieces that I do see absolutely excite me. And so there's never a question. And the ability for us to pour back into Mm -hmm. the church and pour back into our next generation, we always say we wanna always have our kids stand on our shoulders to reach higher and see farther than we ever could.
2: Mm -hmm. There's a reason that you're here hearing this message. There is something that God wants to do in your life So if you're even slightly on the fence, just come on over the side of the rail, give what's being laid on your heart and let him show up for you.
0: Can we give it up for the Arnold story? Amazing, amazing story. And um, I wanna welcome you all today if you're just now joining in or you're joining in online. Can we welcome all of our new guests and those that are tuning in online? I'm glad that you're here. And a welcome to Legacy Sunday. It's really an exciting day and some of you are like, man, y'all are really crazy about an offering. It's because God's done so much. and We're also believing for God to do some amazing things. And not just for our church, but I know each individually are believing for God to do something in our life. I know I am. How many are believing for God to do something in your life? We want to see God move in an extraordinary way, and so if you're new to this, this is an annual tradition for us, for the people of Skybreak. Every year, we come around a legacy offering, and we sow into the vision to accelerate the mission and vision that God has given us for our church, and to accelerate what God has placed in our heart. And in legacy season, these last several weeks, we've, we've been reminded of a few things. If you haven't had a chance to listen to any of the sermons, you need to go back and watch them. But... We were reminded that I get to do this, that we get to help people capture the extraordinary life that God has for them. We get to do this. We were reminded that it's the why for me, that when I give, it's showing God how much he is worth to me. It's my my worship and that that I give because he's the God of my chapter 11. If you remember the sermon. He's the God of my chapter 11, and my chapter 12 might not make sense to you if you don't know my chapter 11. We were also reminded that we're in a kingdom battle for the next generation. We're in a kingdom battle. The enemy is trying to to separate the next generation he's trying to change their identity he's trying to indoctrinate them he's trying to offer them free stuff in return of dependency on someone else other than God we are in a kingdom battle for the next generation we were also reminded last Sunday by our guest pastor Kevin that we are to be builders and fighters he said what it's our time our turn why don't you say that? Say, it's our time, our, our turn. That we must learn to fight for our families and we must learn to build God's house all at the same time. A sword in one hand and a hammer in the other. So I know, I know as we get this giving party started, I, I wanna encourage us today in our giving um, for the next just few minutes and then we're gonna have this whole party get going. But I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Verse six says this, says, remember this. I love that it starts with that. So we're reminded and we don't forget. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctant or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. He's able to. So that in all things at all times, everybody say all things at all times, not just some of the time, it's all the time. That in all things, all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, when you understand what's happening, Paul is actually describing and reiterating something that David said in Psalms, chapter 112, that it says that good will come to those who are generous. And he says that they will, he goes on to say, they will freely scatter their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. It says they will be remembered forever. Their legacy will live on, is what he's saying. Paul is reminding them of what David said in the Old Testament. He says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. I love this. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I want to talk to you today from the title, Send It. Turn your neighbor and say, it's time to send it. Send it. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you for the opportunity to come around a vision and a mission. And God, you've set us on this earth for such a time as this. You could have placed us at any time in the chronological timeline, but God, you placed us in 2022 at Skybreak, the place you've called us, the place we love so much, the place that you've placed us here to help accelerate the vision to reach more people, God, that don't know you, to sow into the next generation, to be the love of Christ, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus to our community, to our nation, and to our world. So God, I just pray today that you would speak to our hearts. God, I pray that that, that I would be removed from this and God, that they would see you, that they would see your word, your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword. So God, we pray, Lord, that you would have your will and have your way today. I pray, Lord, that you would well something up on the inside of us today, that you would stir our faith, that you would stir our hope in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. 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 You may be seated. What we see in this passage is the Apostle Paul, he is, um, he's receiving an offering for the church in Jerusalem. That's what we're seeing here in Second Corinthians. And at this specific time, they were facing tough situations economically and politically. It's funny how history repeats itself. They were in a challenge, they were, they were battling something and they were facing a tough time. And you know, the, the, the human heart has always needed to understand this question, why do I do this? Why am I doing this? And for many, it's always been guilt and shame, and so giving can be tormenting for some. And because giving to God is a spiritual thing, the devil has in time, he has tested and he's lied to discourage us. John 10, 10 says it so clearly, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's, he's trying to discourage us. And he's, he's told lies that, well, right, you can't afford it. That all the church wants is your money. Well, the rich people can 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 worry about that and make the church go forward or just the crazy church fanatics. The devil's tried to discourage us. But can I tell you today that no church can reach its mission potential without each person reaching their giving potential? And I love that we see Paul, he he uses no pressure in this passage no guilt, no, we have to do this or else. There's no gimmick in what he's saying. And verse tells us everything that we need to understand because it it tells us where giving begins or ends. It says each of you should, should give what you have decided in your heart to give. That's up to you is what he's saying. And can I tell you that if you love the Lord, then you will have a desire to be a giver because we serve a God who is giving by nature. That that when you gave your heart to Jesus, that the same spirit that gave Jesus the passion to give his life for us as a sacrifice now lives on the inside. So by by nature, we serve a God who embodies giving. Then Paul goes on to teach how we can be excited about it how we can actually learn to love being generous. And we all know people that, that who, who love the Lord, but they're conflicted when it comes to giving. They're in this place that is kind of uncomfortable. Some get shocked by giving seasons. Paul says, don't give that way. Don't give that way. Giving grudgingly or out of obligation, Paul says, don't give that way. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't give that way. Giving out of duty or, or, or pressure to tip God, Paul says, don't give that way. Tell your neighbor, the other neighbor, your second choice, say, don't give that way. Somebody like, dang, you made me show who's my second choice. Paul says, he says, giving can be something that you can actually step into with no conflict, no torment, with no shock, with no obligation, with no duty. That you can actually love it. Like it, enjoy it, live for it, be passionate about it and even want to do it more. So Paul is describing, he says, you'll begin to joyfully and obediently tie, then you'll look for ways to go beyond. So Paul is he's describing this in this passage. And Paul gives us a breakthrough key that can help, I believe, all of us to become passionate and excited excited about giving. Paul talks about, he says, when I give to God, it continues to live. That there is a living nature of giving. Verse six says that those who sow generously, another translation says, bountifully, that you will also reap generously. You'll reap bountiful. How many want to reap generously from the goodness and the riches of God? And then verse 12, we didn't read it today, but verse 12 goes on to say, it says, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So when I give, it lives on. And you know, there's, there's three things that we all typically do with our finances. There's, there's three main things. We, we either spend it. Some of you are like, my wife been spending it this week? Getting ready for Christmas, I guess. We either spend it, we save it, or we give it. Those are three things that we do with our finances. But Paul adds to this. He also says, you can send it. You could send it. Sending it means it's dynamic. That it's alive. That it's, it's not dead, that it's not static, that when I sow in faith, what I give comes alive, it's going to grow, it's going to increase. That's how I become cheerful, because I'm not losing what I give. I'm not spending it. I'm sending it. It's a different perspective Paul is trying to get us to see, because let me tell you, Scripture says God will not be mocked that where a man sows, he shall also reap. So when you sow to the house of God, you will reap from the house of God on a whole different level. It's a whole different level that when I give to God, it lives, it doesn't die. I don't spend it, I send it. Farmers know this. This is why scripture talks a lot. I've been, I've been watching this American Farmers thing on Hebrew, uh, on, Hebrews, on Hulu. <laughs> That's probably what it needs to be called. We're gonna start a Christian streaming company. We're just gonna call it Hebrews. <laughs> Somebody get a patent for that, I don't know. Um, but I've been watching this American Farmers thing and I wanna buy a farm now after watching the whole season. I watched it like one week, all of my, just, it was crazy. Farmers understand this, that to meet a future need, that I have to sow a current seed. Like I have to put something in the ground. And what looks like it's I've buried, I've actually planted. But it starts in the same place. Dark. Away out of my hands. But a soil that I place, uh, I place my giving into a soil. I place my seed into a soil that will reap a harvest because I can't expect a harvest I didn't sow for. And I think oftentimes we can do that. We pray for God to send Lord when my ship comes in, that ship ain't coming, baby. You didn't buy the ticket. You trying to get on Carnival Cruise Line and they're like, sorry, sir, we don't have your ticket. What are you talking about? But farmers understand that, that in order for me to meet a future need, I have to sow a current seed. The first key that Paul gives us is that if you are giving grudgingly, it's because what you think that, because what you give is dead in the water. You think it dies, you think it goes to nothing. But the devil says, you know, obviously he says, you're foolish if you give. That any logical person would spend it or save it for themselves. That's what the enemy will will tell you. But Paul says we have a guarantee from the almighty God, the creator of the universe, that what we give is living and growing and producing a harvest for you that you can expect to reap bountifully, generously. And I love that Second Corinthians nine, verse nine says God gives seed to the sower. It's an order. It doesn't mean he'll give you seed so you can sow. No, it's he gives seed to the sower. And there's been two things I've learned in my life of giving, and that is one: God knows how to give seed to the sower. He's good at his job. The second thing is God. Is, God is committed to giving to givers. He is committed to it. You can see it all through Scripture. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Somebody say, send it. Malachi 310. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing on you so much that there will not be room enough to store it. Somebody say send it. Luke 638. I'm not done. Luke 638. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for the which the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Somebody say, send it. Somebody say, send it. Somebody say, send it. it. Cover to cover. God backs up his promise in the Bible every time. You know, God, you know, the scripture talks more about giving than it talks about pretty much anything else. It really does. Go look through your scriptures and you'll begin to understand that when I give, it lives on. And if you haven't figured out already, at Skybreak, we get excited about giving. We're passionate about sowing because we know that what we're giving isn't gone. It lives on. And and to understand that someone else's irrational generosity years ago is is alive in you today. It lives on. Someone sowed a seed 36 years ago, and that legacy is living on in you right now. Someone did it 17 years ago, someone did it eight years ago, a place of sacrifice, a place where like, God, I'm hoping and I'm believing for you to come through in my life, and I'm also believing for the next generation of believers to come to know you in a crazy world, and someone sacrificed and gave and sent their giving and it lived on and it's living through all of us today. We're irrational in our giving to God because he's for one irrational in his giving to us, but he's also excited about us irrationally reaping. And what we give, not only when we do this, not only does it bless the gospel, not only do we receive blessings in this life, but we are eternalizing our treasure. Matthew talks about this in Matthew chapter six. And I'm so thankful for the blessing on my life here in this world, but more more than anything in this life, I I wanna the eternal blessing that I store up when I give to God. And not only is it living here, it's living in eternity. That's the part that we have to understand. It's living not just here, it's living there. Somebody shout, send it. Now, I want to tell you that at Skybreak, we're family. Look at your neighbor and say, we're family. They probably don't look like you, and that's a good thing, because if we all looked alike, God help us. But we're family. Turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, we're family. And let me say this, what we do, we do it together. We do it together, like we do it together, okay? We're a family, we do this together. We do it all together, I want you to know that. So let me just say this, if you're not prepared, we're about to get ready to start giving, but if you're not prepared to give today in the offering, I wanna encourage you with three things, okay? If you're not prepared, I wanna encourage you in three things. First thing is this, never underestimate what you have in your hand, never underestimate it. And I'll tell you, God knows exactly where you are right now, and if he's speaking to you, listen to what he's saying. Be obedient to that. Obedience is always the first step and the first test of our faith, always. So don't ever underestimate what you have in your hand. That's the first thing. Second thing is, both Pastor Danny and Janet and Kendall and I, we we care about you and your well-being. Very much. And so many of you, I've, I've walked by those letters every single week and I've read every single one of them, all of them through and through without, there's countless amount of people who've wrote financial freedom. So many people put that on the legacy of those. And, and as we begin this new year, this next year, we're gonna be offering again, like we do every year, Financial Peace University. It's called FPU. And for any, anyone who's wanting that financial freedom, who's wanting to get out of debt, we want you financially strong more than anything. So I would rather you, rather you, rather you what you were planning to give today I'd rather you to take out $50 of that and save that for FPU so you can become financially stable and strong and be better prepared next year with what God wants you to do. I'd rather you set aside that money of your offering and invest in FPU. That's more important to us. I want you to understand that. And here's the third thing, third and final thing. If, If tithing is not a regular habit, tithe first. Giving offerings to God is one thing, but but putting God first in your finances rather than giving in the legacy offering, start with the tithe. Let that be your gift today. That would be the best first step for your family, for you financially, is to create a habit of tithing because that puts the favor of God on your life and all of it, not just for a moment. So let let that be your first step. Now everything we're doing today for this legacy offering is is all hinged around one main thing, obviously is one, to leave a legacy, but but also is to lead someone to know Jesus. That's the other thing, and to begin a relationship with him. So here in a few minutes, after we give, we're gonna give you an opportunity to pray, and invite Jesus into your life. Everything that we're doing today is so you will be able to come to know Jesus for those that don't know him. That's what that is about today.